Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. When I pull up out front, you see the Benz on dope. Uh-huh. When I roll 20 deep, it's always drama. Okay, Ben, please stop listening to hip-hop. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since that halftime show, my God. We got a show to do. <laughs> the train has gone and left. That was like early 2000s, Ben. We got to move forward here, all right? Is that the name of the song? What? The train has gone and left. It's 50 Cent in the club. Come on. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Friday, February 18th, is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago, where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, what kind of pot to smoke, and so much more, including columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky. Ben, tell us about the uh, latest column at Chicago Reader right now. Oh, my goodness. We'll probably be talking about it later in the show. That's called a tease, D. Because I talked about You're good. The, the big decision MAGA has to make. MAGA, you got a big decision. Do you go with Kenny G's guy, Richard Irvin, or you go with your heart? DB has been on the front lines with you, MAGA, from the outset of your silly little resistance <laughs> to masks. DB is there with you. And now suddenly, Kenny G is pushing his guy, Richard. And MAGA, you never even heard of him before. <laughs> MAGA's like, who's this guy? So I wrote about it, D. Had a little fun with it. MAGA has a big decision. Do they want to be bought and owned by Kenny G? Or do they have a mind of their own? Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I actually have a theory about uh, this and the... Uh quote-unquote Darren Bailey voter or the Illinois Republican voter uh, with all what's going on. I have a theory. I'm going to weigh in on it a little later. But uh, Chicago Reader, go check it out. And there's an archive of Ben Jarofsky columns. If you want to hear what Ben was talking about in the year, I don't know, 2011, go check it out. ChicagoReader.com, Jarofsky, pull up that archive, find some stuff from 2011. Ben, any idea of what you may have been talking about in 2011? Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> for the second part of 2011, ripping Rom. Really? If you go from September on, rip in Rom. That's what I was doing in 2011. So funny. Like, I didn't know that answer. And he gave me a lot to rip about. All right? What a mayor you elected, Chicago. We like him. Well, I, Obama told us to vote for him, so we like him. That's the problem <laughs> with following celebrities. We'll get into that in a little bit, D. The Ben Jarofsky Show starts now. It is Friday, February 18th, and this is the Ben Jarofsky Show's Oh What a Week. And now, Oh What a Host. <laughs> Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Uh, hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling Snoop Dogg Fights Back Friday, and here's why. Because Snoop Dogg's fighting back. Against my dear friend Kevin Blackstone, who will be a guest later today. 
We'll be dropping him over the weekend as a bonus guest. Uh, KB made the mistake of criticizing the NFL uh, and sort of criticizing the halftime show. I mean, he didn't really come out and criticize the halftime show. KB, of course, the uh, Washington Post uh, sports columnist, good friend of uh, KB and I go way, way back to the early 80s. Anyway, uh, and so he, he he went on TV and made a mistake of criticizing it. And now, oh, my. And, of course, D.L. Hewley put it out there on Instagram. He just did it uh, a little too early, I think. You know, I think he kind of like peed in the punch bowl. You know what I mean? Everybody was having a good time, and he just kind of went in there. I think if, if he would have brought that up maybe like a week after, two weeks, people maybe would have been like, oh, maybe. Oh, how inconvenient of Kevin <laughs> to speak his mind early. <laughs> I thought this was the age of free speech. I thought like Snoop Dogg and Joe Rogan and David Chappelle and Kanye West and who else out there? Everybody believes in Gary Owen. I'm, I know I'm forgetting some. Bill Maher. All you believe in free speech. So my guy does a little free speech and Snoop Dogg comes firing back. Shut up, basically, he says. Don't criticize us. We're just having fun. And then I believe he sang, girls just want to have fun. Huh? No, he didn't sing that song. And thanks, I know what you're thanks thinking. Thanks for clearing that up. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you're thinking, listeners. You're thinking, Ben, you're just jealous because he didn't attack you. And then you would have been the recipient of thousands and thousands of hits. You're right, listeners. I am jealous. <laughs> Snoop Dogg's attitude. Who is that guy? Who I'm not wasting my time. Ben. I'm <laughs> wasting my time denouncing him. And I am a little jealous of Snoop Dogg in general. He's got that good life. You see, you ever see those beer commercials he does where he's walking down the beach? Yeah, yeah. He's just having a good time. One of the only people who, like, you know, he's just smoking pot right in front of everybody. And they're like, oh, he's great. Yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't like it when he's criticized. So shame on you, Kevin Blackstone, for daring to criticize a celebrity. Don't you know that in our society, celebrities are gods? You're not allowed to criticize a celebrity. You know how hard it is to make words rhyme? <laughs> it's tough shit so yeah it's tough it's hard to make words rhyme it's hard to walk down a beach and hold a bottle of beer and life is good for Snoop Dogg I'm not hating on Snoop Dogg Snoop Dogg fans I'm just saying I'm just saying that it's interesting everybody who believes in free expression wants to cancel Kevin because Kevin says something that made them a little uncomfortable as, as Dennis said they, they wanted to enjoy the halftime show and not think about politics. Not think about racial discrimination in the NFL. Kevin, like, uh, exposed in the NFL. Shut up. So much for free expression. You know that, D? I don't think actually, I, I, I in my conversation with David Ferris, I don't think anybody in America believes really in free expression for anyone other than themselves. Just putting that out there. I We had David Seaton on the show yesterday. He's, yeah, he's more conservative. A couple of people go, why are you giving him a platform? Because, <laughs> man, it's fun debating a conservative every now and then. Every now and then, he's a nice guy. He's not a jerk about it. You know, he, he's respectful. He's, what's old boy's name? We'll cut everybody out. O'Reilly. Just cut everybody off. David listens to what you say and then responds. Does a little ducking and dodging every now and then. But then, come on. That goes with the territory. We all do that. So anyway, just pointing out, that's it. Very interesting. Everybody who gets mad when anybody criticizes their friends, and they say, I believe in free speech. Oh, all of a sudden, Kevin says something that upsets them. Shut up. Anyway, we'll be interviewing Kevin later today and dropping it, I believe, on Sunday, D. 
Oh. And now it's time for O oh, it a week. So I turn things over to the man, the myth, the legend, who never, ever, ever says shut up because he really believes in free speech. The young doctor from Alton with the news. Thank you very much. All right, everybody. Ben, I swear to God, stop listening to hip-hop. Can you name the rapper? Okay, that you know that one, right? The first one was Pat Whalen, and okay. the second one was Eric Zorn. All right, well, you just People don't know this about Eric Zorn. He was a huge in the rap. He'd go out to Old Town School of Folk Music. All right, put your hands together. Eric Zorn in the rap, ladies and gentlemen. My God, you really did ruin this bit. Like, dude, that was... <laughs> I had no idea who it was. Who was it? For the love guy you were just talking about, that was Snoop Dogg. Oh, yeah, I knew that. <laughs> and it was Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. Easy to be on Blackest Own Side when you don't know the songs. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I'm, just saying. I'm with KB on the general principle <laughs> that the NFL very cleverly used the halftime show to kind of deflect attention from the racial discrimination lawsuit of Brian Flores. Just saying. That's how it happened. Kevin spoke the truth. When people hear the truth, they don't like the truth, especially when it's about people they love. Like, I would never dare to criticize a Kardashian. Could you imagine a blowback? I mean, oh my God, the Kardashians, people love them. Sounds like more downloads to me. Come on, say something. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Instead of being this attic, I can be in a palatial studio like Joe Rogan, my hero. Uh-oh, Ben's hero is Joe Rogan? Cancel him! <laughs> Folks, he's the number one podcaster in America. I think if you're a podcaster, you should try to study and see what he's up to. I'm just saying. It's crazy. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Let's find out what happened in Chicago and or Illinois this week. We begin in Illinois, and you know, I could be wrong, but I think a bunch of Illinois politicians were watching those Canadian trucker videos over the week. I, um, right now, um... The following comes from the Chicago Tribune Tuesday, February 15th. The writers, well, there's a bunch of them. Jeremy Gorner, Dan Petrella, Claire Spaulding, and Karen Ann Collada. Bucket four of them. <laughs> Man, that's writing by committee is tough. Um, I'll start with the first word, and you pick it up from there. It's like a Super Bowl halftime performance lineup there. Bucking Governor J.B. Pritzker, a handful of Democratic state lawmakers on Tuesday, joined Republicans to block a rule aimed at ensuring school districts that aren't party to an ongoing lawsuit continue enforcing mask requirements and other restrictions, adding another layer of confusion to an already chaotic situation. By a 9-0 to zero vote, members of a legislative panel in charge of reviewing administrative rules created by state agencies blocked the Illinois Department of Public Health's effort to shore up its rule, which was intended to provide guidelines on implementing an order from the governor that is now in limbo because of the legal ruling. State Republican leader Dan McConchy of Hawthorne Woods. Hawthorne Woods? Ben, you ever been to Hawthorne Woods? Um... Well, is that there? I'm mixing. I'm thinking of Hoffman Estates. Yeah. So no, the yeah. answer is no. I've never heard I've of never this place. Never been to Hawthorne Woods. Well, Dan McConchie of Hawthorne Woods said in a statement, in his quest for power at all costs, the governor attempted to go above the judicial system to continue to require masks in schools, a move that even his Democrat allies in his legislature wouldn't support, and state 
uh, or Democratic State Rep. Mike Halpin of Rock Island said he was voting to block the revised rule from taking effect because we're currently in a situation where the temporary restraining order says this rule is not enforceable. It's possible, if not probable, that this might change on appeal. But for now, as we sit here for that reason, I'll vote to block the rule. (laughs) All right. Here's what's really going on, ladies and gentlemen. Let me explain to you what's really going on. This is fresh in my mind because I just had a conversation, a lengthy conversation with young David Ferris, which will drop tomorrow on this subject. But effectively, mask mandates, the way the world works, the ups and downs of politics in this country, the ebbs and flow of COVID, mask mandates, very, very unpopular. So suddenly it's a winning issue for Republicans to fight them and a losing issue for Democrats to insist on them. And J.B. Pritzker is putting his Democratic allies in a very uncomfortable situation, especially allies who are not from Chicago, let's say, or from uh, Evanston or very liberal communities. They know that parents are tired of their kids having to wear masks in school uh, and people in general are tired of wearing masks and they say, The people have come to the decision. We've talked about this so many times, D, that it's no longer an existential crisis, COVID, that is. So why require masks? That's like 2020 and it's 2022. Hello, JB. Get current. Face coverings. (laughs) By the way, I can tell you right now, JB Pritzker, huge hip hop fan. And he would have passed that audition with flying colors. So, yes, you're going to see right now we're going to get into uh, Kenny G and uh, Richard River. Right now they're focusing on crime as an issue. But you watch, ladies and gentlemen, you watch. I will make a prediction. If faith, if those children in those public schools are still being required to have masks by, I don't know, a couple months, get ready for a whole bunch of Kenny G paid for Richard Irvin commercials talking about our tyrannical governor. Poor DB. <laughs> I've been saying it for months. Oh, tough luck guy. So, yes, D, that's what happened. It is now a winning issue for Republicans and a losing issue for Democrats. And so Democrats are saying to J.B. Pritzker, J.B., I love you. Big feller, you're my guy. But I'm not walking the plank for you. Sorry. The enemy is you. <laughs> Good. So that's what's going on, D. That's what's going on. Now, separately in Chicago, the city may adjust when its mask <laughs> mandate lifts. So it coincides with the state's plan. Whatever that thing I read was, I guess that's the plan. On February 28th, hoping to avoid confusing the public too late, except for schools. <laughs> yes. So let me just tell you this right now. Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Wants everybody to know that she, not J.B. Pritzker, runs the city of Chicago. You got that, D? Show some respect, okay? Mayor Lori Lightfoot is in charge of Chicago. And it doesn't matter what J.B. Pritzker says. She's calling the shots in Chicago. And it's so funny. I think we may have mentioned this uh, earlier in the week. All of a sudden, she's like analyzing, taking the deep dive on these obscure metrics. She brings out our Wadi, the doc, who pretty much says anything Lori needs to say. All right, I want you to say X, Y. Got it, boss. We need about 400,000 people in a, in a, in a space, oh. all right? Just roll with it, all right? So follow me on this one, folks. In, the, in early January, when Omicron was everywhere, hospitals overflowing with people, 
Lori Lightfoot wanted to open the schools. So she told Arwadi, tell him it's just like the flu. And next thing Arwadi's going, it's just like the flu. Open the schools. Shut up, teachers. Get in there. Now it's February. It's pretty much gone. <laughs> the, the hospitals are no longer overflowing. And Lori Lightfoot's got Arwadi going, well, we're studying uh, metrics to see if we can take the, the masks down. We'll let you know because one thing's for certain, we run the city. Thank God. <laughs> Science is back, baby. Science. Science has taken a beating throughout this whole two years. No kidding. And by the way, how many people have flunked? You know, here's the thing. You don't really see me weighing in on the science, D, because literally, literally a very sympathetic chemistry teacher at Evanston High School gave me the D I needed to get through science and graduate. (laughs) I was a, a complete nerd back then ladies and gentlemen if the if the science teacher had said ben i'm not going to re- ask you about chemistry instead i'm going to ask you about the chicago bulls starting lineup oh boy i'd have passed that with flying colors so anyway Lori lightfoot mixed message she just wants you to know this message this particular message is not mixed and that is Lori lightfoot is the boss all right d so sit up straight now oh sorry <laughs> now i was slouching now ben i think you really got uh your answer this week uh when you attended the chicago bulls game with one yes. monroe anderson i think you know okay everybody's over this right yes except for me and monroe yeah the only thing, i uh do i have a picture of it i think i have a picture i've never shown you this picture but yes uh, i can't find it now it's too much but as i said earlier in the, the week monroe and i went to the game packed my beloved Bulls defeated the Sacramento Kings. Go DeMarvelous DeRozan. And yes, Monroe and I were pretty much the only people in the nosebleed section wearing masks. Uh, and uh, we took our masks off. Now, were there people wearing we were masks drinking. like as they were walking in, right? They're holding their masks. Yes. They're wearing the mask once they get in. But once they're in, they're kind of, you know, it's kind of the wild kind of out of that sense. They're taking yeah. them off. Yeah, yeah. And so to get into the stadium, you must show a Vax card. And then you must be wearing a mask. Once you're in the stadium, they pretty much let you do whatever you want. You're supposed to keep the mask on, uh, except when you're eating or drinking. But people just immediately take the mask off, except for me and Monroe. <laughs> and I just got to admit, I said this. I, can, I made this confession to David Ferris today. I, I'm just probably always going to be wearing a mask, D, when I walk into uh the United Center or to White Sox Park or to a subway train. That's a bold a statement. Airplane. That's a bold statement. So I think I will. from I here do. on out. Yeah, I think I will. I like I actually like it. I don't like cold. People go, oh, bet it's just like the flu. And I'm like, I don't like the flu. Did, whoa. If if you tell me it's just well, like I the love flu. the flu. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, I know you're not a big mask guy. But actually, you are. Actually, that's the funny thing. He tries to pretend like he's Joe Rogan. No, 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 no. I do this thing called read the room. That's what I do. That's what he does. What are we doing? Not wearing masks? All right, cool. I guess I won't wear a mask. We we all wearing masks? Okay, I got one here. We'll pull it up. Read the room. That's what I've been doing. Ever since he went to his beloved downstate Alton, ladies and gentlemen, pulled into a gas station. This would have been, I think, in 2020. Got out to pump gas wearing a mask, and some guy goes, pussy. (laughs) No, it was in the store. I was getting like a Gatorade, you know? Yeah, you know. It was a pink Gatorade, so maybe it was, I don't know, but. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so I, I, you know, God bless you, man. You don't want to wear the mask? Don't wear the mask. 
I think we've passed that point of scariness. We can all move on. Uh, and uh, But, you know, Monroe and I want to wear our masks. What's wrong with that? And by the way, I got to tell you, D, hmm. Monroe is more radical than I am. He took his mask off uh, before I did. <laughs> and he kept it off longer than I did. Uh but uh, anyway, I'm, I'm, we're going to we're going to get now. you on that Joe Rogan podcast. Come hell or high water. I right? <laughs> tell him that good story about you and Monroe. He'll uh, love that. I, I've been begging Joe Rogan to come on his show. And I think that it's never going to happen. D. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> he, now he's doing this thing where he has scientists come on. Well, yeah, I, yeah. People have been calling him a, a quack for I think that's a good move, you know? What's yeah, he going to do? With like, this, you know, I think it's a good time for Alex Jones to come on. I, I have to admit, ladies and gentlemen, I've loved the Joe Rogan show back in the old days before it was really unpopular, too, when he would turn to Jamie. I just love it. Jamie, could you look that up? And, of course, that's the gag focus that I do to Dean. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, any day now. I'll look it up. Yeah, yesterday I was uh, not there, but we, we edited that out. We were good. Oh, my God. I forgot about oh, that. Shit. Yes. Shit. Why would you call attention to that? I know, man. <laughs> you know what? I completely forgot. Oh, God. Right. Come, I'm going to tell the cat out of the back. <laughs> so yesterday, uh, I'm interviewing David Seaton, oh, and good. I wanted to play the Kevin Blackstone clip and get David's reaction. Uh, and so Dennis's screen is black, blank because when he's not, when I'm interviewing somebody, he just turns his camera yeah. off. Oh, you're going to stare at me the whole time? Oh, I'm and, uh, my nose. Yeah. So I go, uh, Dennis, my best Joe Rogan, uh, <laughs> let's show you how professional <laughs> we are. Yeah, Pull up that Kevin Blackstone thing. And then dead air. Uh, Dennis, <laughs> dead air. And then I'm like, I'm like, I go to seat. Well, David, I think Dennis may have, I don't know, take, gone for a walk or something. So do it again. Uh, throw it to me like you did there uh, yesterday. Uh, Dennis, uh, play uh, the Kevin Blackstone bit. Nowhere to be found. <laughs> that's good. Whoa. That's really good. I have absolutely no idea, by the way, where we were when we went on this tangent. Uh, Don't worry. But, I got it. I got it. Okay. Back to you, D. Hey, let's backtrack to Monday, February 14th, <laughs> Valentine's Day. Ben, did you have any big V-Day plans this year with your loved one? Uh, no, I went bowling. It was Monday night, so I was bowling. <laughs> Uh, oh, no, how sweet. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that was what a, a sweetie. Really Valentine's. What a oh, sweetie. Every day is Valentine's for us. Well, I know of two Illinois primary election candidates who got themselves some awful nice Valentine's Day presents this year. It's time for a very lucrative 2022 <laughs> Illinois primary election candidate update. This is a 2022 Illinois primary election candidate update. <laughs> I love the little crows walking. It's an eagle. Oh, that's an eagle? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Well, Ben, I've earmarked it as without a doubt. Illinois' worst kept secret of 2022 so far. The state's richest man is endorsing the guy, well, we would know nothing about if it weren't for him in the first place. Surprise, Republican billionaire Ken Griffin choo-choo chooses Republican <laughs> gubernatorial candidate Richard Irvin in his gubernatorial endeavors. 
I think we're done. The campaign, of course, is not done. <laughs> Truer words have never been said, Michael Flannery. The news broke on Monday, Valentine's Day. <laughs> to Richard from Ken. A $20 million campaign contribution. Uh, Holy cow. <laughs> Griffin told Illinois Politico that he firmly believes Richard Irvin has the character and leadership needed to again make Illinois a place where people can feel safe to live, raise a family, and pursue their dreams. <laughs> now, Ben, before I go to you, Richard Irvin was yeah. not the only one who received a million-dollar valentine. Now, this Valentine must have come through the mail because it was a couple days late. Uh, here's a name that only comes around during elections. Dick Uline. What'd you call me? No, that's a person. <laughs> Richard Dick Uline. He's a mega campaign donor, and uh, he just donated a hefty amount of money over to the downstate hog farmer, Illinois Republican gubernatorial candidate Darren Bailey. On Wednesday, Bailey opened up his mailbox and noticed a pink envelope. He opened the envelope, and it read... To Darren, from Richard, a $1 million campaign contribution. Uline and his wife, Liz, founded the Uline Business Supply Empire just over the Illinois border in Wisconsin. They are among the biggest Republican donors in the country. All right, Ben Jarofsky, <laughs> I'm no Dan Biss, but I do but. know that $20 million is way more than $1 million. So... Has Richard Irvin become the front runner in your mind in the Illinois Republican gubernatorial primary? And that is the question of the day, D. And I do not have a definitive answer on it. And I explored that question in my column. And it's an excellent question, if I may say so myself. And here's what I don't know. I haven't figured out. Let's be honest, MAGA. You never heard. You never heard of Richard Irvin until Kenny G selected him to be his, Kenny G's, candidate for governor. In fact, I'm going to go so far as to say there are perhaps 10 people in the state of Illinois who do not live in the town of Aurora, where Richard Irvin is mayor, who can honestly say they heard of him before this. I would say uh, Rich Miller can say he's heard of him. Shia Kapos can say she's heard of him. I think I'll throw Joanna Klonsky into that mix because she really follows politics. And there's a few other people who could probably say they've heard of him. But the rest of you never heard of him. Don't act like you heard of him, ladies and gentlemen. This is what happened. Kenny G said that this is the guy he wants to run for governor, and now he's at the front of the race in terms of coverage. So all the reporters, like whenever Pritzker says anything, the Sun-Times, the Tribune, they turn to Richard Irvin for a response. And Dee D Bailey, Darren Bailey, has been leading the charge for MAGA for the last two years. Go, what about me? And all the other one, my poor Jesse Sullivan, he thought he was going to play this role. Jesse Sullivan, he thought he would be the guy who was kind of like a fake moderate that the, the Republican establishment was going to kick the money in. And now you're going to ask me, well, Ben, does Ken Griffin believe in the far right MAGA worldview? Does Richard Irvin agree with the far right MAGA worldview? And the answer is, I don't know. I don't know well, because they won't talk about it. They won't talk about it because it's controversial and they don't want to talk about anything that could be controversial that could hurt them, their efforts to pick up swing voters uh, and also turn off MAGA voters who control the Republican nomination. So I don't know, D, if Irvin is the front runner. He's got the most money, which would lead me to usually say, oh, yeah, he's, a, he's got it in the bag. 
But he won't talk about things like, did Trump win the election, even though we all know Trump didn't. He won't talk about things like, uh, are the insurrectionists of January 6th heroes, which is what MAGA uh, seems to believe. He won't talk about sh- whether uh, your favorite congressman, Adam Kinzinger, should be kicked out of the Republican Party or Liz Cheney should be kicked out of the Republican Party. He won't talk about whether Donald Trump was breaking the law when he called the Georgian election officials and said, just find me the votes I need to be declared the winner and I'll do the rest. He won't talk about any of that. He won't talk about, he will never talk about abortion <laughs> because uh, MAGA's position on abortion these days is that it should be outlawed. Even in the case of rape and incest, it's not going to get you a lot of votes in suburban Chicago. So he's just going to not talk about any of those issues. So will MAGA vote for him anyway, D? So Darren Bailey, a million dollars. That's great news, right? Well, it's primary season. So we all know what's coming next. Because in primary election season, anytime a good story comes out about a candidate, a bad story about that same candidate somehow just miraculously soon follows. Weird, right? And yes, it happened again. And it looks like Irvin is spending more of that Ken Griffin money, money that he just received only this week, okay? Only this week. He just now started endorsing him. The Richard Irvin campaign have put out a new website, Ben, a website attacking his Republican opponent, the million dollar man, Darren Bailey. Come on. He just got the donation. Can you let the guy enjoy it a little bit? You're <laughs> so like, holy nice. shit, a million dollars. He's probably like pumped, man. You know, downstate, those downstairs, let's see, you know, a million. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Bailey, don't go buying a bunch of fertilizer. You got to put it into the campaign. All right. Oh, man, farming city. All right. Okay. All right, so there's a website, okay? Uh, it's realdarrenbailey.com. And you guessed it, it's stupid. The, t- <laughs> the top of the page reads in giant letters next to a picture of Darren Bailey. Uh, it reads, Bailey the Tax Hiker. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> and this then, one, yeah. <laughs> and then God. below it, it reads, like J.B. Pritzker, Darren Bailey thinks you need to pay more taxes. Over a 17-year period, every time there was a tax raise to be voted on, Bailey voted yes. He raised local taxes in southern Illinois 13 times, over 81%. That's even higher than in Chicago during that same period. Uh, Then below is a video. Let's check this video out. Come on. 17 years, Bailey voted to raise the property tax levy 13 times, adding up to an 81% increase, far higher than the rate of property tax growth in Chicago over that same span. Well, there you go. I said it and you heard it. (laughs) That guy had a nice voice. He's a good radio voice. You know, who's ever doing the dirty work for for, uh, Richard Irvin, effectively. All right. Are we done with that so I can... uh, yeah, yeah, Look, got, got some infighting going here. Uh, well, okay. So this one's been kicking around for a while. And uh, wow, this is some cynical stuff. Because before he was a state rep, before he was a state senator, Darren Bailey was a state rep. Before he was a state rep, he was in the local school board. And as such, he voted to raise uh, taxes, local taxes, to fund the schools. Well, there's a, a novel radical act. Raise taxes to fund schools. And uh, this was in the midst, of course, of what was his name? I blanked on his name. Bruce Rauner's experiment with not having a budget. You remember that one, ladies and gentlemen? Kenny G's candidate, Bruce Rauner. Bruce Rauner said, here's what I'm going to do. 
I hate unions. I want to destroy collective bargaining rights in the state of Illinois. So what I'll do is I'll sort of extort the people of Illinois into passing anti-union laws. Uh, and then in exchange for that, I'll pass a budget that funds things like schools. Yay for our teachers. Yay for our teachers. So people like, and I'm going to give them a shout out, DB, big feller. Darren Bailey and all the other school boards around the state having to raise their tax. They would have to raise their taxes anyway, because in the state of Illinois, primary funding for schools is local taxes. And so this is how cynical Kenny G is. Kenny G doesn't live. Wait, well, let me mend that. Kenny G has homes all over the country. He's a fabulously wealthy man worth like $26 billion. That's billion with a B. And he's got, I just, I read that just happened to read an article about this. He's got a place in New York, a place in Florida, a place in Chicago, other places all around. So he's not dependent on the local schools to educate his children. Probably, probably sends his kids to private school. He doesn't need that strong tax base uh, to protect just the basic educational needs of the common man? No, what does he care? He just doesn't like paying taxes, and he's made that clear many times, many, many times. I give him credit for that. He makes it clear he doesn't believe in uh, paying taxes. And so he's going to fund a campaign that's anti-tax. And so he's going to attack DB, Maga's man, for being a tax-and-spend Democrat. Up is down and down is up. And you can't have a rational discussion in the state of Illinois if, if you take the position that apparently Richard Irvin is taking right now. It's very interesting that the mayor of Aurora, whose town really needs local property taxes to pay its school bills, is siding up with a billionaire who believes in defunding education, apparently. So it's a very interesting uh, dilemma that the voters of Illinois are facing right now. If just in general, your reaction is against any kind of tax increase, then I guess you're against funding public education. And so in that regard, DB is less of an extremist than Richard Irvin, or there's just this Richard Irvin will do anything and say anything to keep that Kenny G money coming in. (laughs) Whatever the song young Kenneth G is playing, Richard Irvin is happy to sing along. So that is bizarre that they're criticizing Darren Bailey, Mr. MAGA, as a tax and spend Democrat. The real issue, once again, D, is how dumb, how dumb is the average Illinois voter, particularly of the MAGA version? Will they fall for this? Will they go, oh, my God, I heard a commercial, so it must be true. Must be true. Or are they going to be too smart to fall for it? I don't know, D. I hate to sound, oh, my God, I could just hear Miles and all the millennials giving me, Ben, don't shame voters. So I'm going to say, no, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to take the high road, D. They're way too smart to fall for it. The Illinois voters are just too smart to fall for such a blatant, cheap political shot. They're very, far too sophisticated. Okay, there you go. Taking the high road. I think we're done. The campaign, of course, is not done. Flannery, (laughs) Flannery knew he had a winning one there. You could tell that you could hear it in his voice. You know what I'm saying, D? All right. Now to my thought. I had a thought this week. With this whole Darren Bailey getting a million dollars, Ken Griffin endorsing Irvin and not Darren Bailey. Are Dick Uline and Darren Bailey, are they hedging their bets? 
on non-voters? Are these people even going to vote? Because if you think about it, with Trump, that was a one-of-a-kind thing. A lot of people who never voted, voted. You know what I mean? Are they going to vote? That is an excellent question. Man, you've really been hanging around a political talk show a while. You're asking good questions. Next thing you know, you're going to be answering the questions. Whoa. <laughs> and then BEC Bad. will have no choice but to hire you. Uh, but that is, that's, a, that's the heart of it, D. Like, people keep thinking, well, Trump controls MAGA. I keep saying it. It sure seems to uh, bear itself out in poll, public opinion polls. But will they come out to the polls with the same fervor they came out for Trump? You know, will they rush to the polls to support Darren Bailey? I don't know. There's so many unknowns. There's so many variables. I, I don't know the answer to that question. I do have a hard time believing that hardcore MAGAites are going to vote for Richard Irvin. You know what I'm saying? I, mean, I, just, I don't even know if they're going to vote. They're, this is like a new thing, right? Yeah. Well, you don't think uh, DB rings their bell? I don't know. You don't think Mary Miller rings their bell? Mary Hitler was right. Miller rings their bell. <laughs> I mean, you got to remember. Mike, how about Mike Boast? I'm sick of it. You don't think they ring MAGA's bell? It just takes Donnie Trump and Twitters? I don't know. Tweets? You could be right. In which case, Irvin's in like Flint. Right? That's He's what I was just, thinking. Yeah, MAGA sits home, watches. I don't, know, I don't know what MAGA does to entertain itself. Uh, watch Sean. I don't know what maggot does. Sean Hannity videos. I mean, you see it on the left, right? You know, a lot of people cater to people who may not even vote in the first place. Maybe that's kind of happening on the right. Well, yes. You sound like all the centrists who've been on my show for the last two years. Why are you wasting your time with hippie voters like you, Ben? You guys don't vote. You can't expect. How many times you've heard a centrist say on the show, D? Ah, millennials aren't going to vote. They're just going to tweet. You know, they're not going to vote. You can't win an election with millennial lefties and democratic socialists. You got to go after adults. So you could be right. This could be the right wing version of that. Right. But I, having said that, here, I'm going to like, I'm doing pretzel things here. I'm going around and around and changing. And I, I, I think MAGA will come out to vote more than lefties. I think MAGA, I think MAGA likes voting. Yeah, so uh, I, I believe I'm going to stick with my my original premise that uh, MAGA will vote. The issue is, will they be persuaded by the propaganda machine yeah. <laughs> that uh, Kenny G is funding? I don't know. Hey, he he won him over with his fair tax commercials. Remember, she bring Phyllis out in the campaign. I like Richard Irvin. Oh, <laughs> uh, I. I don't know. I think he gets a little too much credit for, I mean, I know he put the ads out for the fair tax thing, but that was kind of, you know, out there a little bit for some people. You know what I mean? I don't think he, they needed a commercial from Irvin to tell him. Well, I could tell you, no, it wasn't Irvin. I mean, Griffin. Oh, yeah, Griffin. I sorry. Yeah. Uh, I could tell you this. He wasn't taking anything for granted. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, absolutely. He kicked, I think he kicked in 50 million. I just I just knew a lot of like uh, you know left leaning Democratic people who were like I'm I didn't vote for that fair tax uh, yeah, you know what I mean it. yeah I don't I don't know any left leaning Democrats who voted no left leaning Democrats who who do you know a left leaning Democrat that voted no well I'm left leaning I'm not talking about centrists I'm not talking about Democrats who kind of like Trump I'm talking <laughs> you know I, I mean like uh, a Miles Count Lassen Democrat 
or uh, a mica democrat you know what i mean like i don't know i don't know any lefty democrats who voted no on the fair tax i know a lot of centrists but i i do think me personally the announcement of old kenny g backing richard irvin was the end done you lost you lose it's got to be ken griffin he's the only guy that could at least stand a chance against jb pritzker so are you saying that uh maga would get behind ken griffin yes wow just like they did with Donald Trump. Hell, takes a billionaire to beat a billionaire. I'm gonna get me. I'm gonna get behind my billionaire, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Well, Kenny G should have run. He's yeah. a busy guy. First of all, I don't even know if technically he lives in the state. There'd be my residency issues. Like, I, I just don't know where he technically lives. He's got this huge uh, penthouse condo, I think, in New York or co-op. I'm not sure which. Which is worth a fortune. It's enormous. Oh, I found myself doing like the butter cow. It's <laughs> enormous. Hey, BZ, what about me? It's enormous. Maybe you can't run in Illinois, D, because of residency issues. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Good call. If, if that's the case, you're a weirdo. Get out of Illinois. All right. <laughs> hey, more campaign news and more campaign endorsements. And this one was definitely not a secret. Representative Chewy Garcia Wednesday announced that he is backing good friend of the Ben Jarofsky show, Delia Ramirez, for Congress in the newly drawn 3rd Congressional District. It's the biggest endorsement in the Democratic primary and sets the stage for a contest on progressive ideology. Yes, uh, Delia Ramirez is running against uh, Gilbert Baegas, uh, who is the alderman from Chicago. And uh, ordinarily, I'd say uh, Delia can just start drinking the champagne and call it a victory uh, because uh, Chewy Garcia has been a kingmaker uh, to a certain degree in the city of Chicago in uh, Latino wards. But this district is not, I don't even think it's a majority Latino. I think it's a plurality Latino. And so most likely the the next congressperson from that uh, district will be Latino. But I don't know if there's enough Latino voters uh, to just out and out control that election, if you follow what I'm saying. And so I don't know how popular Chewy Garcia is with Democrats in that area. Are they Democrats of the Bernie Sanders, Ben Jarofsky persuasion? Are they Democrats of the Rahm Emanuel, Mike Quigley persuasion? You know what I'm saying, D? I, I do not, I do not know. I've not done any, uh, we should bring an expert on uh, to talk about that. But uh, you know what? My first instinctive uh, reaction was if they only can help because that's a powerful name to have behind you for rallies, for get out the vote, uh, to fire up progressives. And, uh, you know, to your point, if it's a low turnout election, the diehards will decide to d- decide who wins it. And in, in this case, it would be uh, left wingers who just are rallying around uh, Delia Ramirez. So overall, I'd say absolutely a positive for her campaign. And the secretary of state race keeps getting more and more interesting by the week. Well, you know, we had an early front runner in Democratic hopeful Alexi G. Nullius. The pundits, the pundits like to slice and dice our country. Into- everybody loves him. Hear that? <laughs> he's, by the way, everybody's dumping on pundits. <laughs> he's ripping pundits. Uh, the pundits like to slice and dice our country. I would say it's been pretty advantageous to the Republican Party to slice and dice our country. Just saying, Alexi. Let's hear more. Red states, 
and blue states, red states for Republicans, blue states for Democrats. But I've got news for them, too. We worship an awesome God in the blue states, and we don't like federal agents poking around in our libraries in the red states. Oh, Lexi's good. But seriously, Alexi Genulius, he seemed to receive an endorsement from every living Democrat in Illinois. But we forgot about one. And that's the Secretary of State himself. And Jesse White let it be known this week that he is not like every other Democrat in Illinois because he has announced that he will be endorsing Secretary of State hopeful Anna Valencia. Valencia said she was humbled by White's endorsement. And Jesse White said he was tumbled. (laughs) Jesse White tumblers get it, ladies and gentlemen. For real, though, Jesse White said of Valencia that as a Chicago city clerk, she has successfully modernized the office and made day-to-day customer service a number one priority. She has the ability and understanding to deliver important services to the public in a consistent, organized, and effective manner. I think that it's great for her, but I still think the ma- in this particular election, the money wins. And Alexi's got the money. Of this particular election, you know what I'm saying, D? It's not a big ideological struggle. So who has the most commercials and gets their name out? You know, I know you go up and once again, you're just uh, underestimating the voter. <laughs> yep, kind of am on this one, D. Kind of am. And plus, Barack Obama hasn't played his card yet. Is he going to support Alexis? That's his pal, Alexi. You know, if if he comes out for Alexi, and sue him for copyright infringement. <laughs> in many respects, uh, a lot of people in this country uh, fear change. Maybe be his friend. Suing your yeah, ass. That's that's interesting. Will he sue him? I um file a lawsuit uh, against Alexi for stealing all my lines. You're uh, jocking my style. Uh, we we haven't done the bit in a while. Like. Different people imitating oh, Barack yeah. Obama. Well, that was a funny bit. That is a good yeah. bit. That is a good bit. Kenny Davis. I uh, I uh. Let's do Bill Clinton doing Barack Obama. Uh, I uh, uh. That just sounds like he just woke up or something. That's all that was. It was like sleepy Ben. Clinton doing that's pretty. <laughs> How about George W. Bush doing Barack Obama? Oh, that's I, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, hey, be easy. Uh, Don't listen to that. That's not really good. Okay, should, it won't get me the job. Uh, Paint buttercup. Um, uh, <laughs> strategic. All right. Where the hell was I? Oh, okay. So here we go again. We just read a good story involving Anna Valencia. Now, where is it? Where is it? Ah, yes, here it is. A bad story about Anna Valencia. Valencia is coming under scrutiny for her use of emails while in her position as clerk of the city of Chicago. NBC5's Marianne Ahern reports that hundreds of official emails to or about her husband were sent by Valencia from her taxpayer-funded city account. The issue first raised by opponent. In many respects, uh, (laughs) a lot of people in this country uh, fear change. That guy, Alexi Giannullius. In a statement to Playbook, Valencia's campaign accused Giannullius of taking a page out of Donald Trump's playbook <laughs> by digging for dirt about his opponents through her emails. That never happened until Donald Trump came around. <laughs> and once he left, that never happened again. Yeah. Valencia's team denounced what is called a sexist implication that Valencia's husband dictates her decisions. Well, that's, that's interesting, uh, playing that card. 
Well, you either should uh, not do personal business on your public email uh, or you um, you do and you defend it. And so to play uh, like they're being mean to me because I'm a woman card, I don't know. But, you know, it's politics. There could be some people out there. Do you go? Yeah, that's right. It's unfair. You would never do that to a man. True. Uh, and uh, but studies show the middle ground doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, I just it's like, don't use your email, your business email for personal stuff. I don't know. Did anybody learn from Hillary Clinton? Apparently not. <laughs> so it's a legitimate campaign issue. Would Alexi have ever raised it in a million years if Anna Valencia was not his opponent? Of course not. So I don't think he really cares that much about it. <laughs> but it's it's a legitimate issue, and to try to flip it the way she did, I don't know. I don't know. Come on. There's an issue. Don't use your email that way. Don't use your email at all. There yeah. you go. Write letters. <laughs> right letters. Anyway, I, I think it's a legitimate issue. Would it motivate me to vote for uh, Alexi over Anna? No. And then I'm leaning David Moore anyway. Everybody knows that. So, you know, but it would not be enough. I, I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not going to go. Well, that's it. <laughs> I'm never going to vote for. No, if David Moore wasn't in the race, I'd probably be le leaning Anna. How about that, D? Huh? Yeah. How about that? Whoa, that caught you off guard. I'm whoa. Show's <laughs> over. Like, whoa. I gotta go. <laughs> yeah. And you know, Valencia, I'm not sure how your public speaking game is, but you gotta compete with this. We coach Little League in the blue states. And yes, we've got some gay friends in the red states. There are patriots who opposed the war in Iraq, and there are patriots who supported the war in Iraq. We are one people. All of us play You got some competition, Valencia. Just wow. saying. That was like 50 billion light years ago, you know, from where we are right now, politically speaking. Yeah, I know. Uh, 2004, I think it was. 2004. I just wow. feverishly looked for Obama clips on YouTube. And uh, I just think about the Obama uh, administration and how they kind of didn't achieve all their ideals, their lofty ideals. But he got elected, D, so twice. So, you know, there is that. There is that. Very true. All right. And what about the other candidates running in the Illinois gubernatorial election? Jesse Sullivan, Gary Rabine, and Paul Schimpf? Well, I heard they were all going to get together at Culver's this weekend and send each other Valentine's Day cards. Yeah. This is a 2022 Illinois primary election candidate update. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's excellent. Uh, yeah, we we spare no expenses. We really don't. Our our uh, recording crew. We're just our special effects team. We're second to none, D. Second to none on the Vendorowski show. Second to none. It's usually like Ben. I need about ten more minutes. I gotta record this thing real quick. <laughs> Uh, someone asked me, <laughs> I said, who should they talk to uh, to get on the show? Like, who, which, who? <laughs> oh, it's not that funny. <laughs> which producer? And they go, I go, well, I just, I'm, I booked the show. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I think I'm just going to tell them to email you anyway, just to make it look good. Yeah, yeah make I mean, me feel just... good. Come on, man. <laughs> just kick it back to yeah. me. I'll take care of it. Oh, Ben, did you hear about which show just signed on to a brand new season? A 
mayor and her alderman. <laughs> we got a new voice guy. I like this guy. He's good. Oh, you like him pretty good? Yeah. Sounds like Sam Elliott. All right. Today's episode is titled Hot Frauder. A jury has convicted Alderman Patrick oh. Daly Thompson, been of what ward? 11th. I think that's my ward. Of federal tax fraud charges following the first trial of a sitting Chicago alderman in more than two decades. Thompson was found guilty of five counts of filing a false income tax return and two counts of false statements to, to, to the Federal Deposit Insurance Corp regarding $219,000 in loans and other payments he received from Washington Federal Bank for savings. The false statements charge each carry a sentence of up to 30 years mm. in prison, while the tax charges each carry a sentence of up to three years behind bars. Alderman Daley Thompson the 37th councilman to be convicted in less than a half a century. Well, that's not so bad. No, no, 30, not less bad. than a half a century? It's, no. like, it's not even one a year. Not bad. Yeah, that's not bad. Come on, Chicago. Stop acting like you're so ashamed of it. Not that bad. Actually, Chicagoans are kind of proud of it. Our city is so corrupt. You know what I'm saying? Have you, ever, have you ever been out of Chicago and listened to Chicagoans talk to other people about Chicago? They're kind of proud of it. Yeah, we're corrupt. Yeah, that's how we do it. It's cool, man. Oh, God. <laughs> and in Chicago, it's like they believe in corruption when it's going to benefit them. So I remember when, uh, you know, I'm always on the wrong side of every issue. D. So I remember when uh, the, the Olympics was a big issue. And uh, I was talking about all the corruption. I mean, they were talking about billions of dollars worth of contracts to be doled out. And I'm like, um, corruption. Just can you imagine the, all the illegal wheeling and dealing that's going to happen? And then somebody in Chicago goes, eh, you know, yeah, you make an omelet, you got to break some eggs, Ben. Come on. Mm, I love omelets. Yeah. Don't be just a wimp. Oh, you're so goody goody. <laughs> I want my Olympics. No, but it was really that case with Millennial Park. Millennium Park. When I, I call it Millennial Park. Millennium Park. So I, I did a few stories pointing out of like, they scooped all this money out of TIF deposits, you know, to pay for it without telling or asking. And daily just used it as a piggy bank. Chicagoans are like, shut up already. Really like the band shell. So Chicagoans, you know, they kind of like, like corruption. I think Patrick Daly Thompson could probably win a re-election, D. Yeah, there you go. I said I threw well, it out Of course, there. yeah. I mean, in this city, of course. They like corruption. Corruption's awesome. <laughs> Chicago's like corruption. You put up with it year after year. And you always brag, 37 aldermen. They keep a running tab, you know, of all the aldermen, D. 37. The city That's not that bad. And you had to say half a century. You had to go back to the 60s. Is that it? Yeah. You know, I don't know. How many? Let's, let's do one of those comparisons. How many corrupt people in New York? How many in New Jersey? How many in Louisiana? How many in the Trump family? Just saying, D. Boy, you know what? Now that you mention it, corruption isn't that bad. <laughs> uh, You've been in Chicago for a while. <laughs> downstate. I love how downstate acts like those corrupt Chicago Democrats. Oh, like there's no corruption downstate. Guys aren't stealing, you know, from just take a little bit here. Put them. No, never downstate. Only in Chicago. Right, D? There's no corruption downstate. Everybody's no, honest downstate. Everybody's. You could just put like a $1,000 right in your front 
doorstep. Put it and put a sign that says $1,000 and no one will take it because it's not their money. That's how innocent they are downstate. It's true. Completely mm-hmm. innocent. I, uh, Patrick Daly Thompson, yes, I do believe he would have won re-election if, uh, if he could run again, but it's against the law. So, All right, so let the games begin. Who will replace Alderman Daly Thompson? A handful of aldermen were asked this question, and we have a few of their responses. Alderman Nick Spazzato, Ben of what ward? Oh, uh, just blank, 38th. Spazzato says for the sake of continuity, he believes she should appoint one of Daly Thompson's ward employees <laughs> who vows not to run for the job in next year's election. Alderman Gilbert Viegas, 36th ward, says an Asian American should get the appointment. And there's someone who, uh, before all this started, was actually planned on running, Ambria Taylor. She's a middle school CPS teacher and Chicago Teachers Union member who's lived in Bridgeport for a decade uh, this October and announced a campaign to run for the 11th ward seat in the election. Ben, any ideas who you'd like to see replace Alderman Patrick Daly-Thompson? Keep in mind, this is my ward. Okay. Anyone yet? I actually, this is going to stun, I actually agree with Nick Spazzato. I think it should be a temporary uh, appointment. The person who takes it should say, I am not running for re-election. And uh, so someone just to administer the basics. The election is next year. It's right around the corner. So don't give somebody a huge advantage over everybody else. And just run out. That's how they, Joe Biden, uh, when Joe Biden left the Senate to become a the vice president, he selected his friend, one of his friends, I forget who it was, who essentially said, I'm not running for re-election, so I'm just going to fill out the term. And I think that's the best way to do it. I absolutely do. And then everybody can run. It's fair. It's the fair way to do it. But Again, Chicago. <laughs> the, the mayor has, what is she? Uh, uh, she has that appointment, and it's golden. To paraphrase Rob Blagojevich, remember when Rob Blagojevich had the state, this uh, Barack Obama Senate seat to fill? It's golden. Oh my remember God. he said that? He added an adjective, which, because it's a family friendly show, I'm not going to add. Uh, and so this is golden for Lori Lightfoot. So she's going to try to figure out how can I best take advantage of this to help me win re election in 2023? And that will drive her, D. I know she's going to say, I'm going to have a committee that's going to advise me and blah, 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 blah. No, it's all about using this golden opportunity, to paraphrase Rapogoyevich, to help her in 2023. And I agree with Nick Spazzato. I mean, the person doesn't have to come from Patrick Daly Thompson's office. That's the part where I'm like, you don't need that, Nick. Come on. Just a caretaker for, what is it? Help me with the math, D. It's about a year. Yeah, it's a year. It's one year. One year. Someone in charge just to handle the paperwork of zoning matters and people who want sidewalk cafes, parking permits, et cetera, and so forth. And how do they vote in the city council? (laughs) Well, if they're going to be appointed by Mayor Lightfoot, they're probably going to vote whichever way she tells them to vote. But I think that's the right way to do it. Uh, Just don't give anybody the advantage. But let all the candidates run from the start, the same starting point for the next election. I get it. I get it. Like I said, it's my award. I was thinking about it, but, you know, whatever. whatever. <laughs> Dennis is thinking of throwing his hat in the ring. We'd had some good content on these Friday shows, huh? 
You wouldn't believe what Lori Lightfoot said. <laughs> then the next week, guys, I got fired. By the way, wouldn't it be funny if like you continued being the producer of the show <laughs> while being Alderman the 11th Ward? I mean, ladies and gentlemen, the guy's got another job, like a real job. I have that in quotes, uh, which pays a fortune. And uh, but just out of love of the game, he still produces the show. So wouldn't it be interesting if you go, I love doing this podcast so much that I'm going to do it while being the alderman of the 11th Ward. That would be pretty wild, Dave. Well, I tell you what, we'd have some great episodes of a mayor <laughs> and her alderman. Oh, come on, alderman. <laughs> I like new voice guy. All right, and finally, hey, this bad idea is still getting attention. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot's controversial plan to sue gang members passed a key test on Thursday. The victory for the mayor came in the face of strident opposition from multiple sides. The city council's progressive caucus had called the proposal pointless and potentially harmful. Alderman Ray Lopez, who has made, him, who's made a name for himself as an anti-gang crusader, said it was an empty political gesture, and civil rights attorneys warned that the plan would open the city up to costly lawsuits. Yeah, but what's our Wadi think about it, huh? <laughs> Whatever the mayor says is good with our Wadi. <laughs> Whatever you say, boss. Sounds good to me. Lightfoot responded to many of those criticisms in a conference call with reporters last month, saying critics didn't really understand the contours of the ordinance. Hmm. There is a significant profit motive on the part of these gang members to commit the crimes that they're committing. Not just illegal gun trafficking or drug dealing, but the shootings and homicides that are flowing directly from the illegal drug trade. Wow. We are heading back to the 90s. Uh, I talked at length about this with David Ferris. We had a very interesting conversation. Well, not on this particular topic, but crime. Uh, and uh, we've moved to the right on crime, D. Um, I, we talked about this uh, with David Ferris, talking about Eric Adams, New York mayor. Uh, his first budget came out. And I recall in the immediate aftermath of the murder um, of George Floyd, the defund the police movement was pretty strong or gaining traction. Boy, has that movement died. And uh, so now we're at fund the police. And so uh, Eric Adams' first budget calls for cuts in all the other social services and increasing the police budget. And I think uh, Lori Lightfoot and Eric Adams are uh, smart politicians. They see where the public's going. Public is very uh, upset by crime as an issue. This is why Richard Irvin, right out of the box, had uh, videos, his campaign commercials, showing streets, uh, stores being looted and fires being set. I mean, he, he knows what he's doing. Kenny G knows what he's doing. So uh, Lori Lightfoot is going to move right. And uh, this appeals to the public sense of wanting just to get tough on people, even if you don't even know if it works. You don't know who you're going to get tough on. You don't know who ultimately will pay the price for this. Shut up. Get tough. Throw them in jail. And uh, D, I've lived a long time in the city of Chicago. No kidding. And I've watched these backlash moments. And there's never ever a moment where Chicago just reflects and says, is this working? Is this the right policy to pursue? No, we don't do that in the city of Chicago. We really don't do that anywhere in this country, but I focus so much in Chicago. So, yep, here we go. And no alderman, I think it was unanimous. Did you say it was unanimous, D? No, it wasn't unanimous. I'm mixing this up with another vote. Uh, so it's a really tough vote to take for an alderman to vote against this thing because then there'll be 
pounded in the next campaign is soft on crime. And that's a very effective uh, tactic uh, as we head into the next election. But does is it prudent policy? To quote Dana Carvin, uh, Carvey quoting George Bush, I don't know, D. Just a little sad to see us follow the same cycles year after year after year. Yeah, I'm still having trouble wrapping my head around what that actually is. You know, like, I don't know. Doesn't yeah, And I'm sure there's more to it, but it just seems like we're uh, going to expect people who break the law to obey the law just for this one instance. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think that works. <laughs> and I don't think most, most of the uh, murders in the city are related to illegal drug traffic, which Lori Lightfoot said, which is straight out of the 90s and uh, is generally what it's not what uh, law officials say. They usually talk about the decentralization of the gangs. I've had so many people come on the show and say, it's not like these powerful centralized gangs. It's just a group of like, individuals who are angry and are carrying out their vendettas. And so what that has to do with the drug trade, I do not know. Uh, but that's always a favorite tactic let's blame illegal drugs and um so why don't we legalize drugs all of them well we did legalize reefer finally <laughs> but there's still I've, I've heard i just something i've heard d i've heard there's still a quote-unquote illegal underground reefer market i've heard this from people people i know have told me this i'm not going to tell you who has told me this yeah me. people i know it's me <laughs> I was wondering how long it would take before you said that. Anyway, let's blame drugs. That worked. That's that really has worked. You know what I'm saying, Dave? Ah, damn drugs. So, and shout out to to my uh, to my guy who sells me uh, that stuff there on the in the black market. You and me till the end, buddy. <laughs> Ride or die. <laughs> Does he still do uh, home deliveries? Oh, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> All right. He's moved into the I, edible game, too. There's gummies and candy bars. It's like, what, what am I, Willy Wonka's factory? I just want to say uh, one thing. Uh, the Mendorovsky show does not condone illegal drug trafficking. Uh, <laughs> Whoa, that sounds Dr. really D. bad when you say it like that. <laughs> the views and opinions of Dr. D do not necessarily reflect those of the Mendorovsky show. <laughs> but like Joe Rogan. I believe he has a free expression, First Amendment right to say what he believes. It's Back crazy. It's crazy. All right, so there you are, everybody. Remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J bonus interviews, and so much more. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky, J-O-R-A-V as in victory, S-K-Y, or wherever else you download podcasts. Tell your friends. Spread the news. Spread the word. Five stars only if you want to review us, by the way. And speaking of the bonus interviews, Ben, who do we got on the lineup this weekend? Uh, David Ferris, uh, Kevin Blackstone, talked about those, uh, and Nadia Milleron. And this this one is a fascinating story. Uh, she, uh, her daughter was killed in a, an air crash. There's a, a, a Netflix documentary coming out about this. Uh, and she is now in uh, the state house trying to get uh, laws changed 
though, so that you can collect punitive damages uh, from Boeing. Uh, the law protects uh, Boeing from having to pay out punitive damages in a wrongful death case. Very sad, very sobering story that she tells uh, about what she's up against. So I urge everybody, that's a Monday. She also, by the way, uh, is uh, Ralph Nader's niece. It's kind of a small world there. Anyway, uh, so she will be on Monday, uh, Kevin Blackestone on Sunday, and David Ferris tomorrow. There you go. Check them out, everybody. Chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky. Wherever else you download podcasts, send us an email, BennyJShow at gmail.com. Find us online at BennyJShow, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show. Guys, we still got a phone number. You want to call us? 708-658-4788. How the hell do I still remember that number? But once again, 708-658-4788. We would love to hear from you. All right, very good. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. D. Uh, great show today. Great show all week. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I, I want the studio audience to give up a big round of applause, a big, hearty, downstate Illinois a round of applause for the doctor. <laughs> hey! Come on, studio audience! Hey! Studio audience! <laughs> Get your together. There we go. Thank I you. Knew that. I knew they would come along. Uh, so I want to thank the man, the myth, the lesser, pride of joy of Illinois, without whom this show would be possible. And as J.B. Pritzker and Lori like, but can tell you, back home in Alton, they call him Dr. D, and the D stands for D-Marvelous. Give yourself a raise, take it up, petty cash. See you tomorrow. No, see you next week. Have a great week. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.